This is the Beaver Tales Podcast, where I interview former Oregon State student-athletes and coaches to talk about their time at OSU, where life has taken them since then, and all the things they learned along the way. I'm your host, producer, researcher, and interrogator, Josh Warden. Yeah, that's a really good question, Josh. Really good question. Good question. I've actually never had that question asked to me. Yeah, good question. That's a good question. I almost forgot that happened. I'm amazed by your level of research. That's a fun question. You know, that's one of the best questions that I've ever been asked right there. Yeah, that is a good question. You're bringing some great questions in this session right here. Just awesome job on your part. This is the Beaver Tales podcast with Josh Wharton, who has covered Oregon State athletics since 2013. How about a Beaver football legend here on the Beaver Tales podcast? Thanks for joining me, everybody. Bill Swancutt is my guest today, a former defensive end for Oregon State, a Pac-10 co-defensive player of the year in the conference 2004. When he did that, he set the OSU record with 37 sacks in his career, 60 tackles for loss. He was named by the Gazette Times in the all-time Oregon State roster and in their top players of the decade, that uh, 2000s decade. He came in as the number eight player in Oregon State over those uh, 10 years. He was drafted in the 2005 NFL Draft, sixth round by Detroit, had stops with the Lions, the Raiders, and the Ravens. He's originally from Salem, Oregon, went to Sprague High School. In fact, he's since gone back to Salem. He's coached some Pop Warner, Tegan Quatoriano, who's currently a tight end at Oregon State, was one of the players he's coached in Pop Warner, but more so, Bill is busy with his uh, job at Merrill Lynch. He's in financial advising, financial wealth management. He graduated from Oregon State in business finance, has worked with Merrill Lynch Wealth Management for about just over a decade now, lives with his three kids and his wife, Abby, who I had on the podcast. She played volleyball for Oregon State at the same time Bill was playing football. Hey, last thing before we get to the conversation, Dynasty in the Woods comes out about two weeks from now, right here on this podcast channel. It'll come out for free uh, once a week. I'll upload a new episode of Dynasty in the Woods, which is a documentary on the Oregon State baseball program, especially the 2018 National Championship. It features 67 different interviews, little clips with music and narration. I've worked on it for about a year, and that whole documentary project will come out for free, or you can also uh, pay $20, get access to the whole thing. Um, I'll put out a trailer for that soon, and there's a link in the description to learn more about that whole project. All right, here is former Oregon State defensive lineman Bill Swancutt. Bill, thanks for the time. How are you doing today? Yeah, definitely. Thanks for having me. I'm doing well. I'm sitting here in my office at work looking outside, and there's not a cloud in the sky, and so anytime here in Oregon this time of year, and it's it's nice outside, it's sunny, uh, definitely no complaints, that's for sure. Uh, you spend a, a decent amount of time, maybe not as much as you used to at Illahee or whatever other golf courses you can get to, but at least in Corvallis, it's going to be touching 80 here. I'm guessing you're going to be, if you can, get out to the golf course this weekend? Yeah, yeah, definitely. It, uh, I see. I, I saw it was supposed to be nice, so I'll definitely be getting out, uh, even with my kids, uh, and, and their activities will be outside as well. So I, um, again, when it's, when it's nice out, it's, it's, you got to take advantage of it. So. 
I'll come back to your time at OSU in just a moment, but a quick snapshot of what life looks like right now. You've got three kids at home, ages one, four, and six, uh, with Abby as well, who, for those listening, had Abby on the podcast uh, a month or two ago, an Oregon State volleyball player. Uh, what is life looking like at home for the family? How's the, how's the Swan Cut family doing? It's good, but we're busy. You know, obviously with with Abby working at Nike and me doing doing what I do, um, we are and then our kids with school and activities and so forth. Uh, never seems like a dull moment. Our kids, being the ages that they are, are full of energy, and so um, you know we're we're busy. And thankfully that you know now from a, from a COVID standpoint and so forth with with schools being open and and being able to do activities. Uh, my kids are, are enjoying it. Doing uh, my youngest, obviously being one, is uh, not really doing too much other than being a cheerleader for his older uh, older two. But uh, my son playing t busy playing t ball. My daughter playing soccer right now. So that that keeps us busy outside of uh, our work lives. That's great. Uh, since you you're currently in Salem, you grew up Salem area. You went to Sprague High School. When you were finishing your high school career. What was that recruiting process like? How many other teams were in your ear? Were you all? Did you grow up a Beaver fan? How did you choose to stay in the Beaver State and just come down the road a few miles? Yeah, so uh, when I was coming out of high school, I started getting uh, recruited uh, my sophomore year. Uh, back then, that was when you really didn't start getting offers until after your junior season of uh, football. I know it's different nowadays, but back then, um, I started getting, you know, letters and such as when I was a sophomore. And then uh, from, a, from an offer standpoint, back then when it was the Pac-10, um, everybody in the Pac-10 except for Arizona had offered me and had other opportunities um, outside of, of the Pac-10, uh, whether it was Big Ten, Big 12, SEC, um, you know, things like that. But uh, one thing that really – one of the things that really kind of sold me on a little bit, a couple things, but – one of them, uh, I went to University of Nebraska uh, where they had offered me, and I went to a camp out there, and I just didn't like it. I didn't, uh, the Midwest just, you know, wasn't my thing. Um, and uh, so I thought, well, shoot, I'm going to stay somewhere on the West Coast, most likely the Northwest. Um, I wasn't a big fan of, of the Washington schools at the time. I didn't want to go to either of those areas um, just for, for, for different reasons. Um, I grew up, actually, my dad went to Oregon State and graduated from Oregon State. My mom graduated from the University of Oregon, so I kind of grew up with a, a split family, um, kind of more with my dad kind of being the uh, more of the um, one saying, oh, you know, he should be a beaver, this, that, and the other. But when it came to the recruiting process, uh, they kind of stood back and just let me decide what I wanted to do on my own. Uh, one of the other reasons why I decided to go to Oregon State was because of the way that they uh, played defense back then um, and in the position that I would be playing at defense then. It was the style that I wanted to play as well as uh, there would be a good opportunity to, to get a good amount of playing time early on um, as well as my best, you know, uh, my t- at the time, uh, it was just a good friend of mine who I'd known him for, for quite a few years playing traveling basketball, but now he's my best friend. Uh, Derek Anderson, uh, who obviously was our quarterback and then had a successful, you know, 14 or 15 year career in the NFL. Uh, we kind of decided to go to Oregon State together. So, um, it all ended up kind of working out. And that was my journey as far as going from Salem to Corvallis. Yeah, that, that worked out pretty well. You came in, if I'm getting the timeline right, right after the Fiesta Bowl year, right? So, 
Notre Dame. That whole game would have been the, the last one you saw yeah. before coming in the program. And then you, you finished your career against Notre Dame in the Insight Bowl winning it. So it kind of bookended that uh, right before. And then at the end, we against Notre Dame. In your career, 01, 02, 03, 04 being those years, you, you played for Dennis Erickson first since he finished at in 02. Mike Riley comes in before the 2003 season. So you played half and half essentially for Dennis and for Mike to you know, pretty successful coaches at Oregon State. What, you know, what was that like to play half for, for each of them? How did they compare and who did you kind of connect with the most? Maybe you liked them both. I, I don't know. Uh, how, how did that kind of work out? How did you like playing for two different coaches at Oregon State? Yeah, I, I mean, I liked both. Of, I liked both of them. I still keep in contact with both of them. I would say from a coaching standpoint, they have, you know, different um, – philosophies or coaching styles, I guess you could say. Uh, Erickson and his staff hold a little bit more of, um, they'll kind of ride you and, and, and kind of be hard on you um, until they get, get from you what they want uh, from a production standpoint. And, and whereas I felt like Riley's staff was a little bit more um, you know, kind of nurturing and, uh, and so forth. Um, and, and I don't think one's right or wrong. I would say for me personally, I felt like I thrived better. You know, if I screwed something up, I wanted to know about it. And, and, it, and, it, and it made me uh, never want to screw something up again. Uh, so under Erickson's staff, um, you know, I, I uh, especially early on, being in my freshman and sophomore year, I'm sure I had plenty of mistakes. I can remember some distinctly uh, where I got an earful about it, and I never made that mistake again. And I think that, that was kind of the style that, that I preferred. Um, but that being said, both of them have been successful at Oregon State and other places, uh, having their, you know, kind of, um, different types of coaching styles. Yeah. Is there a specific moment you remember that maybe in that, that day you would not have been happy about it, but now years later you can laugh about it and it's an easier story to tell? Are there any particular moments that have stuck in your mind? Oh, certainly. I mean, I can't say I'm on a podcast, but, uh, with, uh, (laughs) Uh, Trent Bray is, you know, the linebacker coach at Oregon State now, who's been there for, for uh, he was there before with Riley and then went to Nebraska, now he's back with, with Jonathan. Uh, he, with him being one of my, my good friends uh, and being one of my uh, my closest people that I was with in college, he's been in my wedding. Um, you know, I, I, him, I joke around with him all the time because his dad was our defensive coordinator at the time. And I can I, the stuff that his dad used to yell at me, I still have ingrained in my memory as far as what I did to, to, to deserve it and what, what exactly he, uh, he was yelling at me. And every once in a while, when I go to a game, I will see him at the uh, games that are watching, uh, you know, coach Trent, uh, or watching Trent coach. And, um, uh, I was, I give him a hard time about it and he just, he just laughs. So it's, uh, like I said, all that stuff I can, I can laugh about nowadays, but at the time, you know, it was, uh, it was, you know, humiliating and, and devastating. Your last regular season game at Oregon State, the 2004 win over the Ducks, you had a, a reception in that game, a 17-yard catch on a fake field goal. You had an interception when Kellen Clemens uh, threw a pick, and uh, that, that was a fun game, and Oregon State obviously won that one. Is that a one that you still still daydream about that kind of comes to mind as you're thinking back to your time at Oregon State? Is that one pretty pretty fresh, if that's the right word, that 2004 game against the Ducks? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there was a lot of great memories that uh, you know I feel like I had uh, while playing at Oregon State. But I would say that that one is is easily uh, you know it's easy to say that that was probably my my favorite game, the the best game that I had. 
um, and to kind of go out like that, um, being the last home game of my senior year, um, I couldn't imagine it kind of draw, you know, drawing it up any better. There's the a moment in that game. It was right after the interception, and it was caught perfectly on camera. Where you go to the sideline after the pick, I think you maybe stand up on the bench, and you you got the ferocious yell and pounding the helmet. <laughs> and that moment was etched in my brain. I think that that was around the time when I started watching Oregon State football. And I may not have known. You know, I was pretty. You know, I was born in '94, so it was right around. You know, I was kind of getting into OSU football, but that moment was like, oh wow, that look, look at look at the ferocity on these players' faces and Bill Swan cut, and I just I've forever remembered that exact facial expression and the moment and the camera right in front of you. I'm curious if you've for for that moment in particular, if you can bring me back to the the heightened emotion in that particular moment, and if you've ever had anything else like that before or after. Yeah, you know, the, I, uh, people, because they still use that, that, that clip uh, when it comes to whether it's highlight films or other promotional things that they're doing. And whenever, whenever I have friends or clients or anybody I know that come across it, they usually you know, shoot me a text message or give me a call and say, oh, I saw you again. You know, uh, and I, I would say that, um, you know, that was just kind of a, a caught up in the emotion type of thing. The Civil War is obviously a you know, there being a rivalry game and a, an emotional game and the game that I was having as well as, you know, with the people in the stands chanting my name, I kind of just let my, uh, you know, uh, threw caution to the wind and, um, you know, uh, did what I did. Uh, I would, you know, I would say that my personality on the field was, was different than it was and is off the field. Um, you know, when I, when I was playing football, um, I was uh, a different type of person where I was just, you know, kind of didn't hold back and just went as hard as I could. Uh, whereas off the field, you know, being quite a bit, I think most people would say I was, you know, was and still am quite a bit more reserved. Um, but yeah, from, a, from a, an emotion standpoint, that was probably the most emotional and, and kind of uh, excited or jacked up that uh, I ever got and probably ever have gotten, you know, in my life. So it was, uh, it was, uh, it, it's fun to look back on and, uh, and, and think about it. My kids have seen the highlight of it and, uh, you know, they always, uh, they always get a good laugh out of it. It seems like it was a great moment. I, I just imagine, you know, like placing that moment afterwards, now that you've transitioned to more to golf being your, your primary activity, like ripping a great shot off the tee and then turning around and doing that same yell after, you know, like obviously you're not going to do that. In, uh, in yeah, exactly. That wouldn't be too kosher on a uh, golf course. That's for sure. Uh, um, hey, one other question at, at Oregon state. Um, I'm curious. We mentioned Abby earlier and the family. How how did you? I think I asked Abby about this too. But I'm curious your your memory of this story. How did you first meet Abby? You're both student athletes and start dating into what's now developed into a, a full family of five, um, three kids. But how how did that start? How did you meet Abby? And and who was the first one to kind of make a move there uh, when you were both student athletes at Oregon State? Yeah. Uh, so you know, I was a couple years ahead of her. She was. Uh, uh, when I was a senior, she was a sophomore, but, uh, I, I first met her, you know, when she was a freshman and I was a, a junior and being that all of the athletes at Oregon state kind of, um, go around in the same circles, whether it's a training table, the weight room, uh, in and out of practices, especially with volleyball practicing during the same time of year as football, um, just kind of, uh, 
got to know where we, you know, football players would know the volleyball players and so forth, and they would come support our games. We would go support their games. Um, and, and so just getting to talking and, and getting to know each other, um, we knew who each other was. I was dating another, another person for, for the majority of college, and, and she was doing the same thing. Um, and, and both of, both of those relationships ended up, uh, not working out. And so after a while of, 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 you know, talking and just kind of being friendly with each other, we just started, uh, hanging out more and more. And it just so happened that I ended up, um, I, when I got drafted into the NFL, I ended up going out to Detroit and we ended up keeping in touch, uh, and talking quite a bit. And then, um, she actually came out to one of my games in Detroit once her volleyball season was over with her junior year when I was a rookie in the league. And, um, we kind of hung out at that point. And then it wasn't until that off season of, uh, for me, when I came back to Oregon for a couple months, uh, when we, when we kind of started, I guess, dating is what you call it. And then, uh, I think we got, it was another, let me see here, a year and a half later, uh, when we got engaged. So we got engaged in 2000, the summer of 2007, married in the summer of 2008. Um, so yeah, we've been all married for almost 13 years now. Well, worked out well and, and three kids now for, for the both of you. Yeah. Um, and you, you brought up the NFL, you, you know, you obviously got drafted by the lions and spent some time there. You know, I've heard a little bit about your memories of playing in the NFL. It's obviously a, a much different scenario than college, not to mention the academics, but just the, the atmosphere of what it means to play for a paycheck or to play for a school in, in terms of college is just different. I'm curious about kind of the main thing you learned in the NFL, the thing you took away, positive or negative, um, in the time you played in the league? What what was kind of your main takeaway and, and how that left an impact on you? Yeah, I mean, from, a, from a, a football standpoint, I would say there wasn't – I mean, I learned some things. There was, thing, there was certainly some things that I learned in the NFL that I wish I would have known in college uh, just from a, a technique standpoint or, or you know, philosophical standpoint with how to play the game. Um, but, but that being said, I would say the probably the thing that I, I took away, took, took from it the most was just the fact that, um, uh, I kind of grew up a, a good amount, uh, at that point in time, you know, I went from, uh, college where yes, you do, when you go from high school to college, you do grow, end up growing up quite a bit cause you're on your own. But then when you go from, from college to essentially the NFL and kind of thrown into, into that lifestyle, uh, somewhat and moving, you know, halfway across the country and, um, you know, having to start paying, you know, bills and have a, you know, a, a, a better than normal paycheck come in compared relative to most people coming straight out of college. Um, it was just a, a, an experience that I think um, I learned a lot from and has, you know, helped me even since then uh, from a standpoint with what I do nowadays. Yeah. Do you remember the moment when you, uh, you know, made the decision or, or realized okay, football is done for me, I played my time in the NFL, it's over, I'm moving on. Do you remember that specific moment? Uh, I mean, I don't know if there was like an actual specific moment. I do remember uh, when I was uh, let go from Detroit, then I bounced to uh, Oakland, and then I bounced to um, Baltimore. And I, that just... It, I just wasn't a big fan of that. You know, and then I had some other workouts with other teams. And... and I, I, I stayed in shape and worked out and continued doing so for, you know, through that season. 
uh, as well as a little bit into the the spring and early summer, thinking, okay, well, if somebody's going to pick me up during OTAs or mini camps, I, I need to be in shape. And nothing really, nothing really came about. Um, I had quite a few opportunities to go play in arena league or go play up in Canada and make make you know really good money. But like again, uh, especially compared to if I was just going to get a job straight out of college. Um, but that being said, um, I didn't really have a love for the game anymore at that point. Uh, the business aspect of it, it had you know kind of tarnished things a little bit. As well as I knew that if I go play arena football or if I go play um, Canadian football. Um, I wasn't ever I, the, the chances of getting back to the NFL were, were very very slim, and I wasn't going to um, you know be compensated enough to to to, to retire off of that type of money uh, the rest of my life, and and I didn't want to beat my body up any more uh, than I already had. Um, I mean, with the way that I played football, I kind of just went as hard as I could and, and used my body as a, a human battering ram, and it was beat up enough as it was at that point. Um, and so I, I figured, you know, hey, I, I got my degree in finance, and, and what I do now is what I was planning on doing, whether I played 15 years in the league or if I didn't get, ever, ever have a chance to play in the league. And so um, the way I looked at it is, you know, hey, it, it's it's time to start the next chapter of my life and uh, and, you know, move on, I guess you could say. Yeah, I asked about that kind of moment, whether it's one specific moment or kind of a time period, because one of the main questions I was asking this podcast is when sports became final, when it was no longer reality, whether that's right out of college or professional career, of, of kind of how that impacted you, but also from an identity perspective of how you handled it. And to a certain degree, maybe the, the business aspect made you more prepared to get out of it because you were ready to move on to the next thing. But I'm sure football was a huge part of your identity, especially through high school and college and even beyond. And so I'm sure there was some difficulty there of, wow, football really is done. And I, I'm no longer a football player. And that was a big part of my time and my effort and my success and maybe validation in life so maybe it was easy maybe not so once that came to an end from a from a philosophical perspective from just who you were as a person and how you kind of defined yourself was there a, a difficult transition or an easy transition what did you kind of you know replace that with in terms of well I'm not Bill Swancutt the football player I'm Bill Swancutt something else so what did that lead into yeah exactly no I uh you're right you know I, I know that some people struggle with it more so than others. You know, I, I uh, definitely can uh, understand that. Uh, for me, because I had that time period where I was—I I didn't just all of a sudden go from a playing to being done the next day. I kind of had that transition of okay, I bounced around a little bit, had some tryouts here and there, uh, but nothing really stuck. Um, it, it it ended up being a—I mean, shoot—probably a seven to nine month period where I was kind of gradually just you know seeing the writing on the wall. And uh, I just started, you know, at that point in time, the thing, what I would do was I was still trying to stay in shape and possibly still play is I would, I would work out for, for three or four hours in the morning, uh, whether that was running, lifting weights, yoga, uh, Pilates, anything like that. Um, and then in the afternoons, if it was nice outside, I would just go, uh, go to the golf course and hit balls. And that was kind of my uh, thing to do. I, would, I, wasn't, I grew up around golf, uh, but I, wasn't, I never really practiced or, or knew what it took to, to be any good. And so I would just go to the golf course and try to figure out how to do certain things. Uh, from that standpoint, I'd hit, I'd go and hit balls for, you know, two, three, four hours in the afternoons and it was all by myself. And it was kind of a way just for me to clear my mind and, uh, and relax. And, uh, as well as, uh, you know, you know, do that. I think, um, the one thing that it, it, it did kind of have me, you know, I did go from, 
from that time period of Bill Swanket, the you know person that's from here locally, and 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 was able to play football uh, in college, and then for a little bit after college to to just you know people view you know um, I don't know if I ever really viewed if people ever really viewed me as Bill the football player, or I never really thought they did. I I, I guess I was a, I always tried to be kind of a just Bill the normal person that you know yeah I play football because that's what I do, um, but that doesn't define me. Uh, it's not who I am uh, as far as a person. So I always try to portray that to, or always try to portray that to people that, Hey, I'm just a normal person like, like, like everybody else. Uh, I just happen to, you know, um, have stints both in college and then a little bit after college uh, with football. So. Yeah, that probably makes it easier to finish if that wasn't the only important thing about you and, and you always viewed yourself as more than a football player. Um, that's great. Well, I'm, I'm glad you've got a good thing going with Merrill Lynch, and it, you know, it seems like you've had a lot of success there, a number of different awards you've gotten and best in-state, next-generation wealth advisors and top 40 advisors under 40 lists and a couple of things like that. Um, so you got a good thing going there. Hey, one last question, kind of a fun one off the beaten path. So when I talked with Abby, she had gone from volleyball in college to now more of a tennis player, even you know playing the circuit a bit and even playing when she was pregnant and she's really gotten into tennis. You're pretty into golf yeah. and have stayed into it. Now, here's the big question, though. Let's say you did a little... Uh, tournament between the two of you and she played some golf and then you played some tennis who would be the better between you at swapping to the other one how would how would you compare in doing the other one sport well i, I think she would she would easily say that you know when it comes to golf uh it would it um she, golf's not her thing let's put it that way <laughs> she i don't even think she knows where the driving range is uh, i mean that's joking obviously she knows where it is but she you know when all she's out there is to have fun she doesn't want to practice or anything like that um, and so her, her golf game is more of more or less just to go out there and have fun and enjoy the weather and, and, and enjoy the company of, of the people that we're with. So uh, most of the times when we play golf, it's always with other couples and so forth. It's never just her and I going out um, and playing um, tennis. She, you know, I haven't even played with her in, in a couple of years. Uh, one, because someone's got to watch the kids. Uh, when she's playing tennis, uh, and, and obviously that ends up being me because she does a ton of it when I'm uh, playing golf. And, um, the other reason I don't play, I, I, I'm, I guess I'm kind of afraid to play tennis is because, you know, I don't want to get an old man injury of, of tearing my Achilles or something like that. I was playing league basketball 10 or so years ago and tore my Achilles oh. and, uh, you know, went home, threw away all my basketball shoes and said, I'm never doing that again. And so when it comes to, uh, you know, the quick change of direction that tennis has, I'm always paranoid. I'm going to, uh, you know, try to do something. And, and next thing you know, I'm going to pop my other Achilles or something like that. And so, um, her and I used to have some pretty good battles uh, on the tennis court before we had kids. Um, it wouldn't surprise me. She she takes you know a good number of lessons and and plays quite a bit. Um, I would imagine that she would be able to um, to beat me though nowadays. <laughs> All right, well, we'll set that up sometime and uh, see how that goes. Yeah. <laughs> All right, right, exactly. Yeah. I don't know if I don't know if it goes. So we don't we don't do so well playing uh, sports against each other. We're so dang competitive. Yeah. Um, that uh, you know we're better off uh, just supporting each other. I guess you could say. Yeah, that that's good. Well, Bill, thanks so much for the time. Best of luck, family wise and job wise. It's been great to to talk with both you and Abby. And maybe years down the road, we'll we'll do a podcast with one of your kids playing sports at Oregon State and, and go from there. So, thanks for uh, yeah, coming on the podcast. Well, yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Now, thanks again to Bill for joining me on the podcast. It's been fun to have 
some Oregon State couples on the podcast, people who had gotten married to another student athlete, as Bill said, they they run in circles and you know get to know each other even if they don't play the same sport, and that's created some lifelong friendships and even marriages. Uh, for example, Bill and Abby, um, who have gone on to uh, cool things and and stayed here in the state of Oregon and stayed connected with OSU, so that's been fun to see. Again, don't forget to check out Dynasty in the Woods, the Beaver Baseball documentary project coming out soon. A link in the description to learn more about that. Thanks for tuning in here to the Beaver Tales podcast. I'll probably take a break for a while. This may be the last episode or one more, and then I'll shift over to the Dynasty in the Woods project and upload episodes on this channel just for that, uh, but may come out with more episodes down the road. We'll see, but definitely some great content uh, coming your way right here on this podcast channel. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Josh Warden. Until next time, have a great day, everyone, and go Beavs!